Welcome to episode 59 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of September 14th, 2023. My name's Logan Plant, and I'm joined, as always, by Justin Corais. Hey, Logan. And Chris Schreiber, who's hopefully back on a weekly basis. Wah! Nice. Oh, maybe, you're maybe. auditioning. Yeah, that's my audition. <laughs> that's my that's my first uh, my first effort. Well, we got a Nintendo Direct this week, and it included a look at Wario's new voice, which uh, Chris may have some thoughts on that we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, yeah, there's a ton to talk about this week because we also have no DLC for Tears of the Kingdom news. Apparently, the Switch 2 is being shown off behind closed doors, and I promised that unless the Switch 2 was revealed, we'd answer your listener questions. I maybe should have thrown a Direct in there, too, but we're not going to break our promise. We're going to do it. So we got a lot to get to. Let's get right into it. Nintendo Direct happened earlier today, the day we're recording. We pushed back a day for it. And we'll start with the last game that was announced at the Direct. Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door is getting a remake. It's coming in 2024, no date. This was the big end cap to this Direct. And yeah, it's a full remake of the GameCube classic. This will be the first time Paper Mario's back to being an actual RPG since this game there hasn't been one since so uh, chris i'm pretty sure you aren't you a huge fan of this game i uh i've actually never played this oh, game man. okay you yeah talked about um, it. Such a i'm a so i'm a huge fan uh, i know i'm a huge fan of uh paper mario 64 i really like super paper mario i never owned this one because it was like e- even in like the gamecube's like heyday this game was always expensive mm-hmm. um like it, if you try to get it used to gamecube yeah, it was a tough one to get a hold of. Um, two weeks ago on eBay, no, no, I got a copy for $30 because someone listed it as like it it didn't work. Um, so naturally, they would make an HD remake two weeks after me finally was, getting a copy of it. It was Doug Bowser. He knew he didn't need his copy yeah. anymore. <laughs> he's like, yeah, gonna make he's like, oh, I got this good this <laughs> new one. It's way better. going to sell him as high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what's your experience with Thousand Year Door? Oh, I love Thousand Year Door. I was uh, this was such a pleasant surprise to see in the direct. It looks fantastic. This game is extremely good. It is probably the second best RPG uh, of Mario. Uh, you'll never guess what my favorite one is. Uh, so I'm extremely excited about it. It's cute. It's extremely funny. It plays great. Uh, the way that they play with the paper uh, art style is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The cast is awesome. I'm really excited about Goombarella coming back. Uh, she is fantastic. I am curious about the, how they're going to handle Vivian. Um, Vivian in most translations, including in the original Japanese, was actually a canonically trans character. And that was ed- that was actually changed in the localization in the United States and in Germany. Curious to see if they keep the original translation or if they update that at all. Um, I'd love to see them be more inclusive with it. Um, so, like, that's something I'll be keeping my eye on. But I think this is going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's something that they would probably update. I mean, we see with, like, uh, Animal Crossing or Splatoon, you don't pick gender anymore. You pick style. So I think mm-hmm. that's something that they're aware of. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So I think I think that they'll, they'll make that change. But I have extreme nostalgia for this game. I was very young when this came out. I actually watched my dad play it was my first experience with it. And it is like Justin said, it is just so incredibly charming. It has some Mm -hmm. of my favorite settings in the entire Mario universe. Like, 
there's a awesome train level, which is just amazing. There's like a wrestling level. And I'm going to be just as vague as that because they are so incredibly cool. You got to see this stuff if you haven't played it yourself. The battle system, I think, is at its best here in any of the Mario RPGs because it has the that audience factor where there's people mm-hmm. watching. And when you're performing well, they like throw you flowers and mushrooms. And when you're doing bad, they'll like throw like dry bones will throw bones at you. It actually <laughs> hurt you. And, like it's. Yeah. It takes that like Mario 3 stage play idea to the next level in an RPG. It's like pretty gritty at times. Like Rogueport, the the main town is like full of criminals and a bunch of kind of seedy stuff Mario gets into. Like this game is amazing. It has been, people have been clamoring for this for years. It shocked me when I saw that storybook. I couldn't believe it was back. I did not think they would do this. To see not only Mario coming back as an RPG, but for them to announce it, before Mario RPG is out, really surprised yeah. me. They don't well, do and, that, and they're this going to be this close together. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah, they'll, they'll appear in different calendar years, but like that, yeah. I mean, there, I, I do strategically. There's a, a chance of some thunder stealing. Uh, I feel like, yeah, um, no, I think there's. Uh, I wonder how. Not that I, I think it was very well re- received. It's probably like the highlight of this direct, yeah. um, but. I do wonder, like, if they had held this as like a, a switch to launch game, like, would people be excited? I mean, I don't know. It, it it's weird doing that with every game at this point in in the Switch's lineup. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it would have given Mario RPG more room to breathe, and now it's just like Mario. Not that it's a bad thing. It's like Mario mm-hmm. RPG fans are now just eating really well. Yes, feasting. I I personally <laughs> know people who. We're only going to buy Mario RPG to like show Nintendo, hey, here's a sales number. Give me <laughs> so you should do a thousand year door. You pay for Mario. And now they have it. So I honestly wonder if this could negatively impact sales of one Ho- or the other. Hopefully not. I want one to do incredible and then, and then get a sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like Loki, the story in this game is really good. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. The RP, their RPGs tend to have really fun, cohesive uh, narratives throughout. There's a really cool background story that you only follow along vaguely where Luigi is tangentially going through a similar adventure the entire time. And that's extremely fun to follow along to. It's it's good. It's really good. You should play it if you're a Nintendo fan. And if you're not and you're listening to this podcast, what are you doing? Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the best GameCube games um, I think it was maybe I'm thinking of Odell who fought for it on our GameCube episode. Um, yes, possibly, yeah. he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's because I I couldn't vouch for it. Like Jess was in the that's middle right. of playing it, yeah. and yeah, I was like, well, I I have nothing to say, but what I've seen. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I think it's better than the first Paper Mario. I'm interested to see kind of what the consensus is. What's the best Mario RPG uh, in a year and a half? We'll we'll have yeah. this discussion will be renewed. And we'll I, I think this is definitely the best of the paper. Markers. Yeah, for sure. But cool surprise. No date, no month, just sometime in 2024. That's the furthest out game besides Metroid Prime 4, which was not here. But up next, I want to talk her. about kind of the other main new thing, because everything else in this direct is a remake, though, pretty much like almost everything else. But Princess Peach Showtime, we got a title of the Untitled Peach game from the June Nintendo Direct, uh, and this is coming out on March 22nd, 2024. It's a full price game at $59.99, and this is, uh, to me, this looks like kind of Peach's spin on the Luigi's Mansion 3 formula. Like, you have a bunch of different varied areas, like the floors of the hotels. Uh, You have that kind of same, like, 
2D but 3D perspective where you're kind of looking in it like a diorama like the Luigi's Mansion games. Uh, and Peach is taking on the Wicked Grape and the Sour Bunch. And she's going through all these stage plays and she'll dress as a sword fighter, a detective, a baker, kung fu style, and more that they didn't show off. So yeah, I don't know what either of you guys thought about this game at all. We saved the conversation completely for this show. So uh, Justin, I'll start with you. Uh, I love it. I... I my hype level is like maybe a nine out of ten right now. I was so thrilled by what I saw from that trailer. We knew basically nothing about it. There was like a couple of images before. It didn't even have a name. And that threw up all the like warning lights of like, what's going on? This is kind of weird. That's unusual. Maybe we were just overthinking it because this looks great. Uh, I, I love that it, it looks like a fully featured peach centric adventure, which is a lot of fun. Um you're right. I was I, I watched the trailer a couple of times trying to figure out what the perspective was in terms of like sometimes it looked side scrollery. Sometimes it looked more 3D. And I think you're right about that kind of Luigi's Mansion style diorama approach to it. Um, but it diverges a lot with all of these uh, costume changes that Peach does. I love using the um, theater as a conceit to basically like let them put up cardboard versions of whatever and you can have any kind of setting in this game and it makes sense which is a lot of fun so they're not pigeonholed into anything and it looks like every transformation is a different game almost we saw the the sword fighter which seemed to be very combat heavy as did the uh, kung fu suit um in the uh the chef's outfit like there was a timer and some kind of mini game decorating a cake the i don't even know how the detective mode works but i want to get my hands on that i went from being like okay this is cool i'm glad they're giving peach a game to like holy smokes i want to see so much more of this i'm super thrilled i i, I can't wait yeah, that surprises me. I thought you were going to come on and be like, eh, it looks fine. No, it That's looks awesome. And, 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 and you know, like, I, I love Luigi's Mansion. I love these, like, creative offshoots where they do something totally different, where they focus on somebody other than Mario, and they let these other characters that have been around just as long breathe and show their personalities and their characters. And yeah, and so I, I hope there's more costume changes available. I want to see a bunch of different transformations of Peach and a bunch of different gameplay styles. And I want this to be like the start of a new thing because this looks great. How about you, Chris? What do you think? I think this has a lot of potential to be great. From what I have seen, I I took uh, I had a very different uh, uh, take on it. I more saw it as like, okay, this seems like it is definitely catered to a younger player, like a younger crowd. Um, it seems like the the platforming and uh, combat and things of that nature are pretty simple. Um, I thought a lot of the, like, it, it almost seems like mini games, but like in a single player fashion. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I imagine they're going to have some kind of like, like they're going to have the theater obviously, but like every single um, costume that you put on or, or like every level is going to end up being like a different stage play. And then you have to like act out what's happening within that play with the, the car the enemies. I think that's a great idea. Um, I'm a big theater nerd. I know Justin is too. Like we like, I, I think that's like perfect for peach, but I do worry that if there's only like the sword fighter does these three things, and it's two hours of those three things. Like I could sure. see it getting yeah. stale quickly, yeah. um, which if it's that, and if I were an eight year old, I'd be like, this game is amazing. Like I could see me really liking it. Um, 
I think my niece will love it. They're both my nieces. I could see them playing it, but um, I need to see more. Um, yeah, I love I love like the the art style of everything. I th- I think everything is very like it. It's cohesive in in what they've set up for the the plot and everything like that, and like yeah. what, what the world that they've built. Yeah. Um, I do worry about the gameplay though. Oh, I mean, like referring to the plot is always funny because the like thirty seconds of cutscene we saw is probably about eighty percent of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all the plot. No, I mean more just like they're <laughs> the setting. The I didn't want to say I didn't want to say setting the stage, yeah. but yeah. Oh, you should have for the lack of a pun. Yeah. yeah, I I see where both of you are coming from on this. I guess just for Chris's concerns, I usually give like first party Nintendo games benefit of the doubt that they're gonna get a lot out of that gameplay style. I think that usually there's stuff in there that appeals. I think you could look at Luigi's Mansion gameplay and be like, ah, oh, that'll get boring after two hours. And it doesn't. They find ways to mix it up. I think my concern, because I thought this as soon as Justin said it, my concern is with Luigi's Mansion, part of what makes that game work really well is you going through the hotel uh, mansion, different mansions. Um, this is you are in an opera house and you are on a stage like what they put on that stage is going to affect the gameplay, obviously, but like that has to be really creative. It's not like they're necessarily really changing like the landscape of what's around you. At the end of the day, you're on a stage the whole time from what it looks and, like. And I will say as an old, it's also such a great fun callback to uh, Mario three. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And thousand year door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I'm very excited about this. I think that I think it looks like honestly a tentpole release. Like I think it looks like a huge pillar of 2024 join join me as a sicko logan yes <laughs> looks looks very cool and just it is cool to see peach getting another game after gosh 15 almost 20 years since her yeah, and, oh, and, yeah. and and i'll be honest the the way that peach was handled in her last standalone game i don't think has aged extremely well and this looks like a great uh great situation for her to take center stage Nice. There we go. You said, said it. I did. <laughs> you said it. Yep, that's you're, out. Yeah, you're, you're still working on the dad jokes, Chris. It'll come. It'll come in time. <laughs> that is out on March 22nd, 2024. That still sounds like a futuristic year. That's See, and, and, and to me, that's, that seems like that's not even that long from now. No, it's not. Six months away. It's really not. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that's uh, that's going to be out before you know it. Something that's out right now that oh, I've boy. already. Here we go four or five hours into today. Chris, we'll just come back in like five minutes. Yeah. That's F-099. I am so thrilled about this, but I had I went on a little bit of a roller coaster with this game, so I'll set the stage. I can't stop saying it. Uh, first, with what this game is, F-099, it's what it sounds like. It's 99-player Battle Royale. It's out now. It's free to switch online members, just like <laughs> your Tetris 99, your Pac-Man 99, your Mario 35, uh, and you... It's based on F-Zero from the Super Nintendo. 99 people on Mute City, on Big Blue, and you're trying to win the race. But they have changed kind of how F-Zero works a lot in the gameplay. You're trying to collect these uh, objects called Super Sparks, and once you fill this new bar they've added, you can ride up on the Skyway, which is this much faster track that is above the normal track, and that's a huge way to catch up to your opponents. Uh, they, You can boost, and it depletes your health like it does not in the original, but in X and GX. So they kind of took that mechanic and put it in the original. Uh, and then there's four laps instead of five from the original. But anyways, those are all very random changes they're making to the, the original F-Zero. But it's here, and I've played a ton of it. I already won a Grand Prix. I've won like seven races, and I think it is absolutely incredible. 
I didn't think that at first because it starts you in this tutorial where instantly it's clearer this is slower than F-Zero. They slowed it down a little bit. They made it easier to turn. It is not that hardcore technical racer that I want F-Zero to be. But then when you threw 98 other people on the track, it becomes a very different experience where it's obvious why they had to make those conceits to make it work as this battle royale. But it's excellent. It is really good. And you guys got to download it and try it out. Uh, I will just out of respect for you, Logan. So you said you won like seven races. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So dear listener, I just want to warn you. Results may vary. Logan <laughs> is very good at yeah. zero. <laughs> I can't yeah, promise. Uh, I, I can't promise anybody else. At first, because how, yeah, I was gonna ask how was the competition. I was playing it like F zero, where I'm like mm-hmm. tight corners, stay on my racing line, use my boost at the right time, and then I was leading like the first two laps because I know these tracks like really well. But then I was getting passed by people on the skyway. Because you can't play this like F-Zero. It's not like Mario Kart with power-ups and bullet bills and rubber Mm. banding. But it's like you kind of have to lie in wait and charge up that bar, which you can do by using the spin attack, which they've also added into the original F-Zero. It's not actually in the Super Nintendo version. And then you find the best place on the track. Like if there's some tricky S-curves or some really tight 90-degree turns, you hit A, you launch onto that skyway and you just zoom straight past all that. And you can get from like 50th place to like third place. And then then you like have to run the last lap. And I think what I love about it a lot is that it does have kind of what, when we had Aaron on, the developer of uh, AeroGPX, the F-Zero spiritual successor, he said this thing that I think is the thesis statement for F-Zero, which is you're cheating death to go faster. I love how he put that, and I think about it all the time when I play F-Zero. I've had times in this where I'm coming down to the, I see the finish line, I see the guy in first, I am mashing the boost button at no health just to try and pass him. And it does this really cool thing where it floods the track with uh, NPCs every lap. So there's like obstacles you have to dodge. So if you're in the lead, you have to get through this minefield that gives people an opportunity to catch up. And you're just, you're dodging, you can't see anything, just hoping that you pass a guy at the line. It's it's riveting. It's like that, like people talk about FromSoft games, like stepping up off the couch, like when you beat a boss. I've had that with this. Like when you get a last second pass at the line, it's absolutely thrilling. And it's just awesome. Like I was thinking today, thousands of people are playing F-Zero right now. When was the last time thousands of people were playing F Zero at one time? It's it felt pretty never, good. never. Yeah, I don't think ever. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> it's sad. So i i was I was curious how you were going to react to that announcement because I wasn't sure if if you were going to be thrilled that there was actually something F Zero happened or if it was going to be like a monkey's paw curling scenario where you know I want GX, I want F some new F Zero, and instead they're throwing us this thing to tide us over and shut us up for a while. So I'm glad to see that you're in, enjoying it. But do you think this has any implications for the future of the series? I don't know. I don't know. And that's the only tough thing about it is like this will be shut down someday. Like yeah. that's just the reality. And that's that's sad. what is like the biggest shame I think of of the 99 titles. Um, I mean, I think Tetris 99 at this point is the only one that doesn't have like. Uh, a date, expiration date, date. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like and mario's yeah. gone it, mario's gone um well and actually no i don't think they can remove tetris because you could buy tetris mm. um as like a separate title if you just wanted to play regular tetris right, like yeah. on on the console um yeah like it i i do hope that it has some staying power i hope nintendo fans like really do latch onto it um 
in in the notes that we have here for the show, Logan has written, this is the NSO update for September. Um, I do agree with that. I do wonder if that's enough for some people. I don't I don't think it is. Um, yeah. And that's a little concerning. Although I don't know. I mean, they got Mario wave Kart. six. That was. Yep. Yeah. Wave six for Mario Kart. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to play it. Did you play it um, with the Super Nintendo controller? I don't have a Super Nintendo controller. I don't have any NSO controllers. I just. Oh, man, yeah, you got to get them. Yeah, I was thinking about but they're very, very high quality. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing I really love is the cosmetics. Just I was going to ask. So like zero car. So is are the cosmetics like the incentive to continue playing outside yes. of just the thrill of the race? Yes, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, you can uh, design. It's like traditional battle royale stuff. What your car looks like, the color, the pattern. And then you have like a nameplate um, mm. with like little badges that you can get. And I think my favorite thing about it is I was a little lukewarm on it at first. I was like, this is fun. I'll play it for a mm-hmm. little bit. It's not what I want, though. But then I entered my first tournament, which fulfilled a mm-hmm. wish I've had every time I've played F-Zero for the last three years, which is in F-Zero, when you die, you're dead. Like when your car blows up, your pilot is they die. It's over. So but in the F-Zero games, you have like three one ups and you get to just start the race over and try again. I have longed for a mode where when you die, you are out of the tournament. And this has that every two hours. They run five race tournaments that you score 200 points for winning 197 for second and all the way down to like two points for 99th. But if your car blows up or you fall off the track, you're done. You you don't get to go into race two, race three. That's it. So not only do you have to like try and score well to get a ton of points in the standings, you also have to like, I've had really nail biting moments where my health is down to nothing. I'm approaching that recovery strip and I'm just trying to nurse this thing across the line. To <laughs> don't bump sure anything. Yeah. And I had, and then also it tells you who's leading the standings. Like if you're in third place, it lights up the two people above you in the standings and the two people below you in the standings on the racetrack. So, you know, these are the people trying to pass you in the standings and these are the people you're trying to pass. So you will like be into little wars with people trying to kill them so you can knock them out of the standings and pass them with points. It's everything I ever wanted. And it's with 98 other people. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's (laughs) the perfect 99 game. I think it's my second favorite game of the year behind Zelda. And I I think I play it like every day for the rest of the year. The year of Logan. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, really? Yeah. So thank you for letting me uh, word vomit about F-099, but I'm very excited about it. I wish you could group up with friends, though. You can't. There's no way. Really? Yeah. That's a shame. Because we could do a boardroom F-09, but yeah, yeah, you can't do it. That's a bummer. But yeah, please play this, because this could be a test for what the future F-0 is. Please play this game, dear listeners. Just once for me. Download it. I don't know, but then maybe we'll see like people aren't coming back after they download it once. I don't know how it all works. Yeah. Okay. That's F-099. It's phenomenal. I played it for serious like four and a half hours today. Yeah, I could not stop. It was like I got a medal and it was like complete 50 races. And I was like, what? I've already done 50 races of this thing. No, it's great. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Let's move on, though, to a trio of Mario Universe remakes. Uh, there's so many Mario games right now and so many remakes right now. This first one is a Mario versus Donkey Kong remake. This is the Game Boy Advance game from 2004. That is the kind of the sequel to like Donkey Kong 94, the Game Boy game. 
And this remake's priced at $49.99, which one of us has some thoughts about. It's adding local multiplayer, overhauled graphics, and it's out February 16th, 2024. Chris, get us started on this one. How long to beat.com, the fine folks over there and community over there, have this game slated at a completion time of five to seven hours? And Nintendo is charging $49.99 for this game. Um, originally launched at $29.99 on the GBA. Now, that being said, does this game, uh, was there effort put into making this game uh look better on the switch absolutely did they basically have to build it from the ground up and remodel all the levels and everything absolutely i still think 49.99 is too much for this game um i would have a hard time paying 40 dollars for this game and uh i worry i worry about people not picking this up um Uh, If we get closer to launch and they come out and they're like, oh, by the way, this contains all the levels from this game, that game, the other game. Like, sure, at least you're padded with content. But right now, from what it looks like, this is just that first game um, with local co-op, which I think is a great addition. Um, What's unfortunate about that, though, is it means you'll be able to do the puzzles more quickly. So it'll be an even shorter game than (laughs) than what it was on the GBA. Mario vs. Donkey Kong is a great game. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you've never played it, definitely check it out um, on whatever means that you have. Um, but if and if you want to pick it up, good for you. But uh, I, I don't know that I can justify paying $50 for this. Now, that being said, if there are, uh, and this is not like an ad or anything. It's just this is what <laughs> I started doing. Um, Best Buy has that thing now where if you sign up for their like plus membership, whatever, it's like $30 or something. Um, you can buy any two switch games and get a third switch game free. So if you're already buying two switch games from this direct or whatever, um, you could in theory, get this for free and not have to think about it, but you still have to buy that thing. So there's that. Or, and that's the game you'd have to pick too, or that's yeah. the yeah. game. You'd have to pick. And then you can get everybody's one, two switch for free. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. You could, you couldn't, but you could. <laughs> you could. That game's been on sale for like 19 bucks lately. Yeah. Sure has. Yeah, I like Mario versus Donkey Kong. I think it's good. I think Donkey Kong 94 is better. I just like yes. how Mario moves in that game a lot. Yes. He's very cool in that game. This is just a weird one. It's just who I'm sorry, who was asking for this? If you were asking for this, email us. That's the question. Because people are begging for a Donkey Kong game. And it's not. And this up. is what we got. Yeah. yeah. And it's not even. This isn't even a Donkey Kong game. Honestly. Mario game. Honestly, if we got Mario ninety four remade, I would. I Donkey would have been Kong through 94? the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, Donkey Kong ninety four remade. I would have been through the roof. I would have been so excited <laughs> for that. But this, I was just like, you could, you could easily put this on NSO, and I would be unaffected and never touch it. Like. Yeah. And honestly, that, that's how I feel, too. I think it looks great. I think it looks fun. It also looks like the sort of thing that I will play once or twice if I have the opportunity and then probably not pick it up again, which means I'm not dropping 50 bucks on it. I, I would play it if it was an NSO. I would probably consider buying it for 20 bucks. Um, but it's, you know, uh, I, I'm always 
I'm always iffy about having about equating the duration of a game to its value because you can have a really meaningful experience in a small amount of time. But this also isn't necessarily that type of game either, where you're going to have, I think, an extremely meaningful experience. <laughs> yeah. If you do, more power to you. So, like, it's. I mean, I'm glad that this game can be played, but I I think that price point is DOA. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that we're all kind of in agreement on this podcast is not a good sign. We we like these games so much we're on a podcast about them and we're all like yeah ah. that's like <laughs> that's and not good the the weird thing for me is the timing of it too like Mario Wonders out next month and that's yeah. a this I'm there you both control Mario in a two D plane the similarities kind of start and end there but still if you're looking at Mario Wonder and then this four months later. It's like, could you imagine being because, you know, it'll happen like 10 years from now. Somebody's going to be talking to their buddies like, yeah, I went into Best Buy with my mom and she was like, you could pick out any game. And I instead of Mario Wonder, I got Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and honestly, you know, when if, if you got 50 bucks burning a hole in your pocket in February, wait four weeks and get the uh, Princess Peach, Peach Showtime instead. Yeah. yeah. Or wait two weeks and get Final Fantasy seven Rebirth on PS5, which looks amazing. That trailer yeah. dropped today, too. Nintendo, but oh my gosh, that looks real good. Yeah, so it's a weird one. I guess they just they wanted a February game. This series isn't on Switch. It got like five games on 3DS and Wii U, but here we are. Yeah, it's yeah, it's super strange. I'd honestly get it if I had the minis more because that's a different genre. Like the Lemming style gameplay with the minis is different than this. that's what I was waiting for at like the end of the trailer was to see if like it also encompassed some of the other uh, games like the minis. But yeah, weird one, weird yeah. one. I'll probably Strange. pick it up on a sale because I do like this game. But yeah, so there you go. You, you know, I'm still going to end up with this game on my shelf. But anyways, Luigi Mansion 2 HD. It's no longer called Dark Moon. That was the North American subtitle we're in. All other regions, it was two. So now that is that is worldwide. Luigi's Mansion 2. Uh, and it this one's adding the Scarescraper online mode, HD overhaul. It's out summer 2024. I'll start on this one. I voiced on this show. I don't like Luigi's Mansion 2. I don't think it's a very good game at all. I think one and three are excellent. I think two is honestly okay to mediocre. Like, it's not very good. And then the HD remake it doesn't look even close to how good three looks like. It looks like a 3ds game port almost like in HD. So this is a brutal one for me too. Like these Mario versus Donkey Kong in this, I think are the two lowlights of Nintendo's output in this direct. Uh, yeah, I, the hype level on this one's low for me and I'd rather them just remake one again, even though they just did on 3ds, but get one on switch instead or a, one a switch pack or something. A switch remake of one would be amazing. I am more excited about this one than you because I played one and three and loved them both and haven't played two. Um, so the, at least the door is open to me having a very good time with this. Uh, also, I think the timing is weird. Okay, uh, I, if you can't make this October, release it next, like late September or October. Okay. Like, why why drop a spooky ghosty game in the summer? Yeah, that is weird. That is Capitalize weird. on the season. Unless they're trying to keep the fall open for something else. Yes. They sure are. What do you think, Chris? Um, Hold on. I want to check something. Yeah, okay. I thought it did. This came out when it came out on 3DS, uh, March 20th, 2013. I remember somebody bought it for me for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, I think it was delayed. Yeah. I think it was supposed to come out in the fall. That yeah. yeah, that would make sense. But I remember thinking then, like playing it in March and being like, "Why am I playing this now?" <laughs> you know, just waited till October, and she was like, "This is great." Um, no, it's um, it's a fine game. I think it it's way, it's an example of one of those games that's like way better served on the 3ds because of like just how that system is used. Um, not even so much just like the hardware, but like where you use the 3ds and how you play the 3ds um like it's meant it's a level segments it's like it's individual levels it's not just one big open area or like you being in a hotel and like going to different floors um it feels very segmented um it's the end of that game if you're trying to 100 percent it is really where it gets frustrating um if you're trying to get every little like moon fragment and things like that um you i feel like there's like a ranking system in that game that doesn't really make a lot of sense um like it'll be like oh you you're trying to go for like an s rank or whatever they call it and it's like oh no just kidding you get a b and we're not going to tell you why um so um yeah it's a fine game uh you're right though it doesn't look very good this is definitely filler like there were definitely like what could we port from the 3ds that's easy just to kind of fill worlds the void i know yeah. So nice. But instead it's this. Which is- and then on top of it, like with this here, now I'm like, well, I just want Luigi's Mansion one on Switch, and then they can all be there. Mm-hmm. And they're probably not gonna do that. So now it's like, well, why did you even bother? A double yeah. pack would have been so nice. Because they have yeah. the assets of one on the three DS. Yep. It, it would have made a lot of sense. And would have made the price easier to swallow too, because we don't know the price yet, but it's gonna be fifty or sixty. Yeah. It'll yeah be probably 50. I'll guess fifty. <laughs> yeah. But- that would be my guess. Yeah, I think when uh, other 3DS ports have been 50 bucks, like uh, Miitopia was $50 mm-hmm. when it came to Switch. Yeah, so that's those two are kind of like, man, these these are kind of uh, the lowlights of the Direct. But a highlight was Super Mario RPG. That game is looking very good. They kind of walked over some of the new stuff in this game. Uh, action commands, like Paper Mario. Are there not action commands in the original? Or if you like, there are. Okay. Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely are. That's where they originated from. But the big change oh. now is that, so it used to be that you could, uh, if you time your attacks, you can do uh, increased damage and it's a guaranteed hit. Now they're changing it so that when you do your time attacks, not only does it do that, but it also just does like group damage. It hits everybody uh, on the enemy team a little bit, um, which is which is a change. Okay. And then there's also that new gauge with that you're charging up a triple move, which we've seen mm. in multiple trailers now of that uh, that kind of cinematic cutscene ultimate move between your three party members. And there's also going to be post-game boss rematches, and they're going to be harder when you go to fight them after the game, uh, after you finish the game. This game's out November 17th. Chris, any thoughts on this new look? Uh, I'm very excited. I honestly didn't watch this trailer because I know I'm going to buy it, um, yeah, and I don't know anything about Mario RPG, so I'm trying to go in like as blind as I can at this point. Justin, you're very opposite. You know everything about this game. I do. I, I, I do. I, um, I'm excited about it. I think it looks spectacular. It's gorgeous. Uh, I, I really like the way that they've translated the original art style into HD graphics. It looks awesome. Um, they Something that they revealed in the Japanese trailer, but not the US trailer, was that you can also switch the music tracks between the new versions and the original versions, which is really, really cool. Um, the, uh, old, the original, the new ones are still their new versions of the original tracks. And as we talked about before, they are, uh, the music is still being composed by the original composer even. So it's really cool the way that they're setting up, but I do like that you can listen to those legacy tracks. 
Um, the uh, there's a, a, I have a few questions after this trailer um, that I'll need to be answered. That will need to be answered when I play the game. This was never an exceptionally difficult game. There's a couple of tough bosses, but it is not a tough RPG to play through. Part of what makes it such a great entry point into the genre for people. So when you add additional things like these ultra attacks and like the ability to do group damage on perfectly timed attacks, which you do these almost every time you attack, I am hoping that the difficulty is balanced so that that doesn't make it even easier so that it's not engaging to do the combat. So uh, I'm curious about that. The boss uh, rematch stuff is interesting to me as well. There was there's already uh, earmuffs, Chris. Uh, there, there, there's already a way to replay some of the boss fights. Um, uh, you, you, there's a point in the game where a lot of b- bosses like Mac, like uh, I think Yuridovich, um, basically you can fight them over and over again if you want to. Uh, and it's not. It, I will say at that point it's a lot easier because you leveled up, so it's not a more challenging fight. So I'm curious about how that's going to be set up. There's honestly like. Uh, as far as like bosses, there's a couple, there's maybe three dozen bosses in this game. There's actually a ton of them. So I'm curious about how many of them get that treatment. Um, but if those fights are tough, uh, and honestly, if the rest of the game is a little bit easier and I get really tough boss fights for people like me, I think that might work out in the end uh, and I'll be all right with it. Um, so I, I'm still extremely hyped about it. I'm still extremely excited about it. The questions I have, though, I don't think can be answered until I actually start playing it. Which, um, hey, people out there, let me review this game for you. Yeah, not, did, n- not too far away. Two months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did um, the original game, was there a lot? So, like, if you go back and play Final Fantasy VII, and I'm sure I'm going to get a plaque for this, but um, there's a lot of, like, um, battles will drag on for a while just because of, like, the amount of HP that an enemy could have. Like, are battles long in this game? Like, do you think they did it because they were like, well, we really don't want it <clears throat> to feel like it's dragging? for any new players or the, you think they're just trying to make it more accessible. The bosses don't tend to be extremely bullet spongy. Um, okay. You, you know, you're, you're like magic attacks, you use flower power FP um, and you don't have a ton of that resource. It's really not meant for battles to be major marathons. If you're under leveled and there are a couple spots in the game where if you haven't done at least a little bit of grinding historically, you can end up in a situation where you're a little under leveled. You do end up in a situation where you do a couple rounds of attacks Eat some mushrooms to heal. A couple rounds of attack. Somebody got knocked out, so you have to use uh, Pick Me Up, which is the version of a Phoenix down to, to rest somebody. A couple more rounds of attacks, and then you get caught up in this like constant cycle, and that yeah. can stretch them out. But that's that's pretty rare, and you have to, like again, specifically not try to do any leveling or anything like that to kind of put yourself in that situation. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. November, big November game for Nintendo. That's a cool one. It, it, it is it is my most anticipated game of the rest of the year. <laughs> nice. nice, yeah. We got WarioWare Move It uh, is our last Mario Universe new, uh, game they talked about here. And this one takes place at a tropical resort they showed off. Forms are returning from uh, WarioWare Smooth Moves on the Wii. One that they showed was called Bacaw, and you stood there like a chicken with the Joy-Con. <laughs> That's just so funny, very WarioWare. And one of them uses the IR camera, uh, so it's actually going to be judging how how close you're holding your hand to the camera. Like WarioWare snapped on DSiWare. Terrible game. Really just awful game from the DSi. Uh, there's going to be four players. The worst. Yeah. Did you play that one, Chris? No, it's just the way that you said it. It's just a terrible. It's horrible. It was like, 
It was so sweet. Yeah, it's the worst yeah. WarioWare. It's awful. There's like five micro games and they all control like crap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it works better here with the Joy-Con. There's a four-player mode, uh, party mode, where you can compete in micro games to see who makes it the furthest. 200 micro games. Uh, so basically we knew most of this before, but we got another glimpse at Wario's new voice. Now we're hearing it confirmed that it's not Charles Martinet and Chris doesn't like it. Like it the first time we heard it, yeah. and I knew it wasn't Charles. And yeah. uh, it, yeah, I think I think this person uh, is not very good at, at what they're doing. Um, I'm kind of amazed. Right. I no, like I'll be dead serious. Like I, I'm kind of amazed Nintendo heard that and they were like, "Yeah, this one. This is this is what we want Wario to sound like." Like I don't know what they're trying to do with this character. I feel like whatever avenue they're about to take him down, I'm gonna end up hating it. Um, oh. I don't think there's any if ands or buts about it. I'm like very disappointed with what they're doing with Mario. Yeah, but, I think uh, at least Mario sounds good though. The new Mario. Mario sounds great. I just yeah. uh, I feel like uh, I don't know. I, I yearn for the the GBA and GameCube days of Wario, and they're long gone. And it's just my old man brain getting to me at this point. What about this game? Otherwise, though, what do you think? Um, I'm a huge fan of smooth moves. I think it's probably the last great WarioWare game other than gold that we've had. Um, it's, uh, about DIY? I, uh, DIY is awesome. DIY is good. I don't, yeah, yeah. DIY is good. But like, I guess the um, games they made for it aren't great, but it's like Mario. Maker. Yeah. It's not a great Mario. Well, game, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. That's just it. Like, it depends on what you do with it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm very excited to play this. What's a shame is like, I wish this game had come out like three years ago. Like now I have a baby. Like I, I love my baby. It's just, I don't know when I'm going to play this with four people. You know, it's going to be like Jess goes to bed and I'm going to be <laughs> every room by myself. Just like, wow. You know, <laughs> yeah. shaking, shaking stuff around, Um, you know, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. I want to see that. How about you, Justin? <laughs> Any quick thoughts on this one? Yeah, just it looks great. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, honestly, uh, it's it's been a while since I, the Switch has had a really good party game. Uh, no offense to, actually, full offense to everybody went to Switch. Um, so yeah, I, I I I can't wait. Yeah, looks great. That is out uh, in November, November third. This next one's really cool. This is another code recollection, and this is a remake, another remake, but this one's worth it. Of Trace Memory from the Nintendo DS. And its sequel, which never came to America, uh, this game was another Code R, Journey into Lost Memories. It came out in Europe, it came out in Japan, but we never got it. And my sister played and loved Trace Memory, and then she went on a school trip to Europe, and she came back with the French copy of this game, and thinking that she could play it on her Wii, she didn't know it was region locked at the time. And so I've had a, there's been a copy of this game uh, in my childhood home for like 15 years, and now it's coming localized. So super cool. They're like mystery puzzle adventure games. Uh, they're coming out January 19th, uh, full price game, $59.99. But this is like, this came out of left field. Super cool remakes of some long lost games. Are they like point and click adventure games, or is it like a latent type of puzzle game? Oh, like neither. It's it's interesting. It's like you control the you have full control of the character. Like you're running around, so it's not like point and click. But then you're okay. like solving like oh, put this bridge together, and then you yeah. like have to. It's like that showed in the trailer. Like you have to like fit all the pieces yeah, yeah, yeah. into where it goes. And so yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of unlike any other. Like it's not like Ace Attorney. It's not like those Famicom Detective Club games. It's not like Layton. So it's cool that it's coming back. 
So I've I've never played this. I did. I was I was pretty enamored with the atmosphere of it though. Watching it in the uh, direct, I, I really like the way it kind of looks and feels and has this like sort of unsettling like mystery aspect to it. Um, this is one that I'll wait until there are reviews out about it, uh, and if it has turned out really good, and in particular like if it does have a good story to it, I'll be interested in picking it up. But I'm have to wait until I hear a little bit more about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pick this one up. This is. I mean, I love I love games like this with the the mystery stories the, like this. It's gonna be cool, and just cool to see it come back. This was a surprise of the direct for me. It was really I'm cool. glad it exists. Yeah, I'm glad it's coming it out. The second title. I'm glad it's coming out. Yeah, having both of them in there is nice. In January, like that, this seems like a very good. Hey, I'm snowed in. Let me let me yeah. check this out for you know the afternoon yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He was snubbed from the Wii U roster. He was so excited. From two waves of Wii U DLC. They said, here's Cat Peach. Here's Tanuki Mario. He was snubbed from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Here's King Boo. Here's Inkling. He was snubbed from the first two waves they added characters of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass. But Diddy Kong is finally here. Diddy Kong is back in Mario Kart after 10 years away. Chris has got the amiibo. I've got the other Diddy Kong of right here. I, now amazing. I have to get one. How many exclamation points do you think are on this document? Next to a, it, a comical number. I I was scrolling through the our runner show uh, listeners, and there was just this block of exclamation points. And I was like, what in the... Did his cat step on this? Oh, Diddy Kong. Diddy yeah. Kong. <laughs> yeah, I'm so thrilled. You knew it had to happen. Uh, but they're interesting thing. You've been calling for it. Yes, I've called it for months, and finally, I would have been so annoyed on this show if it had not turned out this way. I, yeah, you and I would have had very strong words <laughs> if he was not in this, <laughs> this drop. <laughs> yeah, there were only two question marks left, but they added four characters, so they're going to do some shuffling on the character screen. We're also getting Funky Kong and Pauline. I thought it was going to be one of those two with yeah. Diddy. I'm thrilled it's both of them. And then a peach at, which is just a bizarre. Now, that, that one's a, a, a bit of a head scratcher. Like, I know we, they've had peach at before, but in tour. Yeah. 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 That's a weird one. Now, we can all sit here and, you know, bash on peach because she shouldn't. Oh, oh, I don't think can. she should be there. Oh, we can and we will mm -hmm. for the next four hours. Um, if it, if that's not peach at. Yeah, right. Yeah. If not peach at, then who would yeah. you want? Oh, oh Gina, that was, that's obvious. What did you say? Gino. Gino. Oh, yeah. yeah. If Gino would have been cool because of Mario RPG. Mm -hmm. Like, that would have been perfect. If I'm sticking, they said only returning characters. So if I'm sticking only to characters that... Oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to do returning. Okay. Yeah. I'll do, I'll give you one of each. Returning, Donkey Kong Jr., bring that guy back. That yeah. would be wild. Yeah. But if I could... That would be amazing. Uh, I mean, Captain Falcon for real, not the me costume would be my thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or Kirby yeah. would be really cool in Mario Kart. Would, yeah. would not have hated big, muscly, sexy Ganondorf in a cart. <laughs> How about you? I guess? actually thought I was surprised they didn't do Zelda. I thought they would have yeah. if they. Yeah, yeah. that would have been cool. Um, that would also, be so. Oh, uh, God, I some, want that so bad. Now. That would be so good. Right. Like links. Two links are yeah. there. You know, why not her? Um, also, uh, King King Bomb Bomb. I just yes. feel like they need more heavy characters, yeah. and he he's a good pick for that. Yeah, um, he's in the Mario movie for a hot second, but mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Nabbit. Yeah. Peachat. Nabbit. Do they though? No. I don't, I don't no, know. No, they don't. Likes Nabbit. I yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, it's tough for me not to just go straight to like the Smash like roster. Yeah. <laughs> and start playing about it. It's like, like a, a, a Samus with a cart version of her spaceship would be incredible. Sonic. Yeah. Actually, Sonic. I've said that for a while. Sonic would be yeah. really cool in this game. He'd fit right I, I, would, I would only want Sonic if he wasn't in a car and he just ran the race. <laughs> no. You have to put him in the car so it's fair. Because he's <laughs> just him down. But he's every time he was alive. in the race, it just played City Escape. Oh, yeah. That was the only song oh. that you could hear. Every time he gets hit by a shell, you hear the rings. <laughs> to Peachette's credit, I will say I like it. Whenever they add more women, more more girl characters to choose from. In Mario. Sure. That's always good. But the amount of Mario's and Peach's and Peach variants is disgusting. Yeah. yeah. This is becoming Dragon Ball Fighters where there's like 30 yes. Gokus for anybody <laughs> that's familiar with that game. Like, you, it's, Mario, yeah. you got... You got Mario, Tanuki Mario, Metal Mario, Gold Mario, Baby Mario. Am I missing any? There's five. And then for Peach, is there Cat Mario? Mario? Who? Cat Mario? No, he's not in it. Just Cat oh, Peach. Okay. Tanuki Mario, Cat Peach. But then for Peach, you have Peach, Pink Gold Peach, which they made up, Baby Peach, uh, and Peachette and Cat Peach. There's just too, it's too much. Yeah. 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 yeah maybe we could have gotten by with. You know, not a metal and gold Mario. Yeah, yes. I think we could have gotten away with that just fine. But shout out to Diddy Kong. He's finally back. Shout out to Daisy Circuit yes, being in this course. game. Great course. Yeah, that's Wave 6. Yeah. It's coming out this holiday. I cheered. I cheered when Diddy was shown. Had to make sure I was muted on my work call. And then I cheered a little bit. <laughs> that's what I did this morning. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. To talk about the other time I cheered, which was the Sora Amiibo, was finally confirmed that I think all Amiibo collectors let out a sigh of relief for that one. Yeah, we were worried that Disney something was going to get crossed up and this was not going to happen. But the final Smash Brothers Amiibo 10 years later after this thing all got started is coming out until they announce the next Smash for Switch 2 and we do it all again. But for a while, at least it will be complete because the Sora Amiibos come in 2024. Uh, Are you yeah. gonna do it all again? I, I think I'm done. I think I think I'm done after Sora drops. I'm not done. Oh, no. At least for the Smash line. Like I think I think that's it for me. Unless they like have some crazy, unless they add characters that I don't already have. Like I don't need another Mario variant. Oh well, they haven't. Know? They have never done that. Yeah. No, I know. I yeah. know. But I'm like, they, yeah. If they continue the line, sure. No. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if they restart the line, I can't do it. Oh no, I wouldn't either. No, yeah. I'm with you on that. I would get new okay. characters. Yeah, okay. I'd get, I'd get new characters. If they if they do it all again, that would be that would be nuts. Yeah. But no. Sora Amiibo, thrilled about that. Uh, a couple other Amiibo updates. Zelda and Ganondorf come in November 3rd. That's the same day as WarioWare. And then Noah and Mio, those are the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 protagonists, are coming out on January 19th. That's the same day as the Another Code Recollection. So a couple Amiibo updates for you there. Exciting stuff. It's, it's hanging on. Amiibo are hanging on. I keep thinking it's over. And then they keep coming. They changed the box art on they the did. back. They did. To remove all mentions Doesn't... of consoles. Yeah. Which is interesting. <clears throat> all right. Last couple of things here. Uh, we'll go through quick. We got Splatoon 3 side order. This was delayed. It was supposed to come out by the end of this year. It's now coming spring 2024. This is the single player DLC, uh, like the Octo expansion from Splatoon 2. It's got this cool black and white 
kind of dystopian futuristic color scheme. Um, Pearl, the host from Splatoon 2, is back as a robot companion. You guys don't care about Splatoon lore. Who am I even talking to right now? Uh, and what is interesting, you do care, Chris? Yeah, I do. I'm very excited for this. I meant the lore, though. I don't know. Yeah, you no, I mean, yeah, I know who Pearl is. Yeah, yeah. I just sometimes don't know how much the our audience cares when I talk about yeah. like, Splatfests and Splatoon music, and but I care, so I throw <laughs> it in the show. Uh, but what's really interesting here is they have a pretty extensive skill tree, and this is a Splatoon roguelite. You attend, ascend up this tower called the Spire of Order, and it's designed to be played over and over. They would never, Nintendo would never say roguelite, but it is one. You upgrade your abilities after each run, and then you go again. What do we think? Uh, I think the gameplay looks great. Uh, I'm somebody who plays a lot of shooters, and watching the action in what they showed made me really want to get my hands on it. Splatoon already plays fantastic, uh, and the the way that you saw the combat against the groups of enemies, the way that they were using things like the way that they funneled through staircases to like sort of like slow down this large group of enemies showed some like cool like strategic thinking that you do as you play. If you play a lot of games like, like I do, uh, this sort of thing, like these are the things that you were. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and in particular, I play a lot of like shooters and things like yeah. that. And so like, you know, against massive enemies, being able to execute strategies like that is cool. I love the aesthetic of it. I love it for as much as Splatoon is always so colorful and so loud with its colors. The stark color palette really pops and really stands out. Uh, I, I think everything about the gameplay that I saw gets me excited. The thing that has me a little iffy is this whole roguelite aspect of it where like honestly you you say we don't care about the lore i was actually kind of hoping for something that was a little bit meatier on story and i feel like that's not extremely likely with this based on how it's structured i'm hoping to be proved wrong but like that that's the only thing that is keeping me from like a 10 out of 10 excitement for this is like really wanting this to really dive deep into the world of splatoon i'm happy i i assumed you guys didn't care about the splatoon story it's great there's so much great lore out there. Chris, what do you think of this? Um, I think as long as they have like a, a proper, I don't want to say mission structure, but like uh, carrot at the end of a stick, right? Um, for you to keep chasing, because that's what every good roguelike needs. Yeah. Um, as long as you have that, I think this could be like one of the best sleeper things that releases on the Switch next year. I think this um, could be really good. This could be so good mm-hmm. like i yeah as soon as they they showed up that grid and they're like oh here and they they just slowly like showed all the different abilities that you can tack on i was like oh my god i'm so into this um yeah i uh as much as i enjoyed my time with returnal it was a little too punishing on oh, the ps5 same. I was yeah thinking about that too with this yeah yeah. Um, like this seems like because it's platoon, like there's a good chance it might be a little more accessible, um, a little more satisfying. And honestly, they've done such a great job or they did such a great job with Pikmin four and all the different, like, I, I love what Nintendo started doing where they're taking their franchises, these, these games and adding just new modes to them, um, based off that like existing framework. Um, it's really like, it's making these, uh, franchises like really sing in ways that I didn't really consider before. You know what it's like? It's like when you open the fridge or the pantry and you got a bunch of ingredients from when you did other stuff and yeah. you put it together and it's awesome. Whatever you make uh, out of those pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've said I've beat the drum on this show for as long as we've been doing this show that Splatoon's like, I think, the coolest thing coming out of Nintendo right now. And their campaigns have just gotten better. Like three is better than Octo expansion is better yep. than two is better than one. 
Like this could be the best thing they've done. It it looks awesome. I've mentioned this before, but I love that it's themed after the losing side of that Splatfest from Splatoon 2 to decide the theme, Chaos versus Order. Like it's called the Spire of Order. Like really cool how they how they take actual fan input into that. So yeah, super cool. I'm excited about it. And yeah, Splatoon 3 was delayed. Turned out great. This was delayed. It'll probably turn out great too. Agreed. Last thing, I just thought this was really cute. They mentioned their Nintendo Museum, which is opening in Kyoto sometime. It's going to be uh, construction done next March. Don't know when it's opening yet. But I thought it was super cute of them to include that in this direct for people. Who... I, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. I, I love that they're putting this front and center. This is something that I would so desperately like to see when it's completed. Yeah. Same. Let's do final thoughts on the direct as a whole. I'm keeping you guys a little longer than an hour today. I hope that's okay. Because we got yeah. some more to talk about. Okay. Direct as a whole, 30-second review. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I think it is very clear that this is the begin this is the end. Um yes. th- this is like the these are the last few things that you're gonna few major first party things you're gonna see on the Switch. I think that's fine. Um I think they need to save a lot of like the the barrels in the chamber um it, for that that new console launch. Um, I think this will satiate switch owners. It's way better than having nothing at all. Like we have with other console, uh, mm-hmm. and Nintendo console, uh, you know, tail ends. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a lot of remakes? Absolutely. Yes. Some of them I'm ha- more, uh, I'm happier about than others, but, um, overall I think it's fine. Um, I'm, this was not going to blow anybody's socks off. I think everybody knew that. Um, but this is fine. Justin, uh, I thought it was good. Uh, I think that these directs are held aloft by a, a small number of great things that sort of makes the entire experience fun. Uh, and that's kind of their whole thing. I mentioned, I think Paper Mario looks amazing. I think Princess Peach looks amazing. I am extremely excited about Super Mario RPG. Most of the rest of everything else, I could take or leave. And so, you know, just looking at it from that perspective, it was. It had enough good stuff that I came away with this feeling like, okay, here's several things that I'm excited to play. It's really all I needed out of it. And so it's give it a solid passing grade. It's a 7.5. Removing the kind of the COVID year where we didn't really get directs and not a lot of games were coming out. If you take that out, this is probably the worst direct of the Switch era. But I don't think that's a bad thing. We're six and a half years in. I look at my three favorite things. It's a Sora Amiibo, a free to download F-Zero game, and a character in Mario Kart. Yeah. Like, those are not big blockbuster showstoppers. I did love Princess Peach Showtime. But other than that, it's like, not a lot here, but that's okay. I'm glad they did this direct instead of doing this all on Twitter. I, I, I like watching the directs that people get excited about them. There was stuff here worth it. But... Really, I'm ready for 2024 and to see what is coming next because it's going to be the next console. This Direct all but confirmed it. All the reporting of the next console is confirming it. Like, yeah, we're coming to the end, but this is Switch's victory lap and it deserves it. It's had an incredible run and why not throw out the ports and remakes? Whatever. Some people probably love Mario vs. Donkey Kong and can't wait. So, yeah, I thought it was good. Not great, uh, but not bad. Like some of those Wii U 3DS directs, like Chris was mentioning, there's some really horrible directs in those years. 
yeah. 651 exclamation points after Diddy Kong. Yes. There you go. Oh, wait, actually, that's how many? Wow, that's more than I thought. They're, they're small, so they pack tight. So it, okay. it doesn't look like that many. Wasn't it the year of Luigi where they were like, we're going to release Super Luigi U, and then they didn't, and then he was like, sorry, we need a little more time yes. to make Super Luigi U. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I could do a whole show about how excited I was for the year of Luigi and how I felt about how it actually turned oh out. Oh my gosh, we should do that. <laughs> I love That'd the year of great Luigi. episode. Yeah. yeah, I did that on my old podcast. I did a five-year anniversary of the year of Luigi. We got to do a 10-year oh my God. this year, so we, we got to do it like... Yeah, we could definitely do it. Yes, yeah. I'm in. All right, I, we're going to move on. Uh, we'll push these two topics to next week. I promised we'd answer your questions. We're going to answer your questions here. Uh, let's get to EGAD's emails. You can always send in your listener questions, toadstoolboardroom.gmail.com, or find us on Twitter, at toadstoolbr, uh, or message them to me on Twitter, at LoganJPlant, and we'll get them on the show. So we have two questions we're going to answer today, and one that has stumped us that we need more time to think about, we're going to push to next week. So this first one comes from Oscar. And Oscar asks, is there a video game that made you guys start looking more at video game reviews before making a purchase? Mine was WWE 2008 for Wii. 14-year-old me expected to be performing my favorite wrestling moves with accuracy, but what I got instead was Wagglefest the game. I said, never again. All right, who's got one here? A game that uh, made you look at more reviews. Hey, you Pikachu on the N64. <laughs> I was so excited for that game when I saw uh, the first footage of it on, uh, I guess it was Project64.com at the time. It wasn't even IGN. Um, and man, I rented, I, thank God I rented that game from Blockbuster. I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. So that when you did look at the review, before buying no i looked at my brother was like oh a new pikachu game chris come here and like we waited four hours for the dial-up trailer to load <laughs> yeah. it like 240p and then uh i was like yeah i want to i want to play that i i just finished pokemon snap that was fun and then uh you know we rented that and like shockingly enough like blockbuster gave you the whole microphone kit and everything like that that you hooked up to your n64 and uh, that game just like didn't work at all. Um, and after that, that was kind of when uh, my brother showed me what a review was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There weren't that many back then, but yeah. you know. Yeah. How about you, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, and so I come from this with a weird angle because like, as somebody who like professionally reviews a lot of games nowadays, um, I've always been really plugged into it. I, I was super into me uh, magazines as a kid. I used to read the like Nintendo Power religiously, um, things like EGM, GamePro, things like that. So I've been reading reviews since as long as I could read. And so I've always been extremely into them, um, which hmm, is probably how I ended up doing what I do. However, there is one game that I, I uh, played before seeing reviews of it, uh, and I desperately wish I had uh seen the reviews before playing it and that was mortal Kombat mythologies sub zero my god what a train wreck travesty of a game that is that's this, an excellent pick oh this terrible side scrolling kind of beat-em-up set in the mortal Kombat universe 
Uh, it was, you know, originally came out on the Nintendo 64. It looked bad. It played terrible. Like, somehow you occasionally had, like, one-on-one kind of bad versions of Mortal Kombat fights against, like, the boss characters. The rest of the time, it was just terrible platforming as a Mortal Kombat character and fighting, like, just random trash mobs that were thrown at you. Uh, Mortal Kombat was amazing. Mortal Kombat 2, amazing. Mortal Kombat 3, amazing. And then they drop this, and you're just like, okay, I see a pattern. They make great games. Oh my god, was this not great? It was so bad. Dang. Yeah. I so forgot this. how bad that game was. Oh. I just pulled up the screenshots of it, and it's oh. like, oh man. Like, go, this left my brain. Go wash your eyes out, Chris. Yeah, it's <laughs> real rough. Yeah, I don't really have an answer to this. I've been thinking about it for a long time now and i think like justin mentioned i've just i've been plugged into reviews for basically my entire life i've been reading i feel like your your dad kind of like guided you too a little bit yeah and yeah all we really got when i was a kid was nintendo games which are usually pretty good so i was never (laughs) super burned by anything i think i'll answer this a different way which is a review that made me pick up a game i wasn't gonna get which is Kid Icarus Uprising. And it was the Nintendo Power, which is obviously... Life changer. It's very marketing heavy, Nintendo Power. But they had this huge spread, and they gave it a great score, and the review just sounded was amazing, and I picked up the game on launch. And I don't regret it. You know I love that game. So, yeah, that, that's one where I wasn't interested in a that's game a really good call. until the reviews dropped. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I've always read reviews, so... I don't I can't think of anything. I think Pokemon Battle Revolution I skipped because the reviews were bad. That was the Wii mm. game where you could like connect your DS games to it to basically just. Oh, yeah. And it had I thought it was going to be like Pokemon Coliseum. It was nothing like Pokemon. It didn't have a, a story mode or anything. Well, and I remember thinking that was going to be the only redeeming quality of that was I thought it was going to be like Pokemon Stadium mm. because I was like, all I want is to like put my Pokemon from the Game Boy game or the DS game into like a console game so I can see, yeah. you know, the action. Because that was the cool thing about Stadium. Mm. And like they really haven't done that yeah. <laughs> since then. At least that well. We got one more question here from Blee, who says location St. Louis, go cards, except this year. Yeah, they're not so good this year. And Blee's question is, with him moving on to the role of Mario Ambassador, there's been a lot of talk lately about Charles Martinet's legacy, and rightfully so, but do you have a favorite voiced Nintendo character besides his group of characters? They don't exactly talk, but I personally am a fan of Shy Guy's strange little warbly sounds, and, and Blee says looks like they're mainly voiced by a Nate Bildorf. Yeah, Nate Bildorf works at NOA, and you've probably seen him in a ton of uh, treehouse videos over the years like he's he's pretty not so much anymore but for a long time he was pretty public facing huh i'm a big fan of the podcast thanks for reading my question well thanks for listening Lee. who's got an answer here favorite voiced nintendo character chris that isn't that i, isn't I, I, I feel it i feel like we got to start with chris yeah um so i don't know why i have like a really random deep cut ish okay. um mc ballyhoo from mario party 8 <laughs> That is a good one. He just like, I mean, it's a, it's a very traditional, like just announcer voice, yeah. but like it's very solid and it's the only game he's in uh, for some reason. I um, can hear it in my head. That's yeah. He said that. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, yeah, if you're familiar with Mario Party 8, uh, he's just the very like 
quirky kind of character, like almost to the same vein of like a, a thousand year door type, totally. um, you know, in, in his design. Um, but yeah, I always liked him. I mean, I, I feel like we talk about shy guy a lot on this show. Um, and just thought, like whatever, whatever he's doing over there. That was terrible. And I, I know that now, but that was, awesome. <laughs> that was an awesome. Attempt. It's like, he's in here with us. Can you do your best uh, MC? Oh no, I can't do my best MC. I, I well, I got to hear it. Hold on. Okay. I have a soundboard up. I have a soundboard up. So I was trying to listen to some earlier. Can, can, do you think we could hear it? Oh mic? wait, my sound's off. My sound's off. Oh. This, this is good air right now. This is this is compelling. good luck. All right, nice, nice. Yeah, that nice Justin, how about you? Yeah, so a couple come to mind. I will say I'm a huge fan of the somehow both high-pitched and gravelly voice that we get out of Toads nowadays. Where like, yes. uh, those kill me every time. I think they're absolutely hilarious. Uh, and I think it's such a great voice for him that somehow reflects the fact that he is this tiny little dude with a mushroom hat, mm-hmm. but is also somehow a grizzled adventurer and things like that. Uh, the other one, though, and you and I have talked about this. I don't know if we had talked about this on the show. Um when Breath of the Wild came out, there was like a lot of like people who were, really did not care for Patricia Somerset's performance as Zelda. I think I I thought she did great, and especially in Tears of the Kingdom, I think she's phenomenal as Zelda. I can't imagine anybody else uh, in that voice role, and it's tough vo- like voicing one of the most significant figures in video game history and giving it giving a character a voice for the first time. Not only do you have to give it a voice, but you have to find the voice for it. I thought she crushed it. I, I I think she did spectacular and and deserves a lot of praise for um, what she did. And I don't know if anybody else noticed, nobody complaining about the voice acting uh, this time around. So clearly folks have like come around, I think. Yeah, it's just not the same like cinematic mocap voice acting you get in all the uh, the the PlayStation games. It's just sorry. She's not voiced by Troy Baker. <laughs> no, I like it, too. I think she's great. Laura Bailey. <laughs> yeah i like i like toads also i was gonna say captain toad i love it when he says time for adventure i think it's hilarious but my other pick uh, is going to zelda and it is the gorons specifically in ocarina of time and majora's mask when there's like they're just so funny they're adorable they're hilarious that is such a good call i love the sound the gorons make voice in banjo yeah. Zoe is great yeah so those are our answers here's the question we're stumped on that we're gonna actually turn into our question of the week and have you listeners write in your answer for so we can have another week to think about it and this one comes from tim and Tim writes, this is very 2014 when Star Fox Cross Metroid rumor was running in the wild. But let's hear your pitch for the best Nintendo crossover since Subspace Emissary. I don't really like subspace, but that's a topic for another day. Must include hero from one franchise, villain from another franchise, description of the game's best cutscene. So those are the three things we're looking for. Hero from one, villain from another, and the game's best cutscene. The choice is yours as to whether the game takes place in the hero or the villain's world, and bonus points are awarded to best integration of the villain's original hero as a sidekick. There you go. So that's a very intricate question that came from Tim. We aren't ready to answer it, so we're going to think on it for another seven days. 
and reconvene and hopefully have a, a good answer for you. It's tough. That's a tough one. It is. There's a lot of rules here. Yeah, um, like I, I started reading. I was like, OK, OK, I can't think of this right yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I need to like, bust out Excel, get some spreadsheets and start like, OK, if we do this and this and then this is, and then if your sidekick is. <laughs> so that's your question of the week. Uh, email us your answer, answer toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. You cry, can't tweet it at us. It's too long to tweet. You need more than those characters. <laughs> yeah, you need way more characters, unless you're Type paying it, for uh, And then turn blue. that into an image, and then attach the image to a tweet, yeah. and then tweet it at us. Yeah. And then everyone will think it's an apology. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody will think that you are also uh, telling it to the people at Unity what jerks they are. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that. Well, that, that is our show. Next week... We'll talk about stories that will be two weeks old, but it's okay. We got to get to them, though. They're they're that they're big enough. No Tears of the Kingdom DLC and Nintendo reportedly demoing Switch 2 behind closed doors. And we'll also pitch our Nintendo crossover that hopefully will have some pitches from you as well. But that's another episode of the Toadstool Boardroom in the books weekly Nintendo show here on Thursdays, Friday of this week because of the direct at 12 p.m. Pacific 3 p.m. Eastern on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen to your shows. Video version up on YouTube. Again, find us on Twitter, ToadstoolBR. Email us, ToadstoolBoardroom at gmail.com. Chris, where can people find you online? Drives93. And Justin? At K-O-R-E-I-S. You can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Toadstool Boardroom. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time right here.